This is Life Change Church, Muskegon. What are you doing while you listen? Driving, mowing the lawn, folding the laundry, multitasking? We're so glad you're here. Subscribe and share this weekly podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, on iTunes, or at mylifechangechurch.tv. Join us in person Sunday mornings at 9.30 or 11.30, or catch us on Facebook Live. Here's Pastor Ron Rands. If you guys would turn in your Bibles or your smart device to 2 Peter chapter 1. Today we're going to continue in this message. We started a new message series uh, last week about basically just coming to understand the fullness of what God has for our life. And I have asked you guys, and I'm going to ask you again if you haven't already, uh, turn and get the Right Now Media downloaded and begin to do this uh, teaching journey with us in 1 Peter. Uh, Kyle Eidemann does such a great teaching about uh, the Peter and what, how Peter uh, helped us understand why it was even written. Why did the Holy Spirit inspire Peter to give this passage, this truth, this epistle to us? So here we are studying 2 Peter, and Kyle Eidemann helps us with 1 Peter. And, and I did that on purpose so that you'd understand that there's a whole perspective that we learn in the first, uh, the first epistle, and yet we're trailering on the second one right now. And what I mean by that is that uh, the first epistle, here's Kyle Eidemann talking about pilgrims. And he gives us, in the first, the whole first um, video shows this, basically this pilgrim picture, a pilgrim boat look. And uh, because we're sojourning, that this isn't home. And we're pilgrims on this earth. And he does such a great job. In fact, I think it's going to really help you with our Sunday teachings that we're having in the next five more weeks we'll have after this yet, about helping you understand why the Holy Spirit thought this epistle was so important for your narrative and your journey in this life. So please turn to it throughout the week. Go back and forth in it. In fact, even Pastor Jenna referenced it in her worship message to, um, uh, that she gave to us this morning. In Second Peter chapter 1, today we're going to be talking about knowledge. You know, and we, we know that in Isaiah it says that God's ways are higher than our ways. His understanding, his knowledge is higher. And many times we just kind of branch over that and don't really understand or don't connect with what it means. Today we're going to connect with that truth. And there's going to be two Greek words that we're going to kind of grab hold of. And again, I'm not a Greek scholar and I'm not trying to pretend to be one, but many times in, when we do the, uh, we read the word through the English translation, we lose a lot of message or a lot of the depth that Jesus is trying to get to us or the Holy Spirit is trying to get to us in the New Testament reading. In 2 Peter chapter 1, hopefully you guys are already there, we're going to continue to read, by his divine power, verse 3, God has given us everything we need to live a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who has called us by him, us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. In view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence. Last week we talked about that, heroic excellence of moral conduct. And moral excellence you add to knowledge. 
in knowledge with self-control and with self-control with patience endurance and patient endurance with godliness godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love for everyone the more you grow like this listen to this promise the more productive and effective you'll be in your knowledge of our Lord but those who fall, fail to develop in this way are short-sighted or blind forgetting that they have been cleansed from their old sins because of the privilege and authority God has given me and I'm gonna read I'm sorry I have another passage Romans chapter 12 Romans chapter 12 and this is something the Holy Spirit gave to me this morning as I was just laying in bed and just kind of I don't know I was just having a wake-up time with Jesus and he says teach this so this is added to the message today in Romans 12 there's this passage that talks about knowledge but it references gifting and many of us are trying to be something we are not and the more you grow in the knowledge of God the more you grow in the knowledge of who you are to be which means this if you're struggling who you are then your biggest struggle is knowing who God is if you know who God is in your life then you'll grow in the knowledge of who you are for instance um, if I had my passion, if I were following the desire of my heart in my life right now, I would be a worship leader, and there would be nobody in service today. <laughs> I do not have the gift makeup. Understand this. I do not have the gift makeup to vocally or instrumentally lead the church in worship and praise. But my heart has that passion. I have, the, I, I have the opportunity to teach you how to worship God in truth, and I'm going to do the best I can at that. But my passion, and, and many, I, I think many of us in this room right now have desires inside of us, but not giftings that equip us. And the, what you need to do is know who God is in your life and be content in who God has made you to be. And many of us become lustful or desireful of things that we're not, that we do not have the gift. And so I want to read this passage to you, if I could, because I believe that the Holy Spirit added it to us to understand what knowledge of God is. In Romans 12, 3 through 5, because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give you each, give each of you this warning. So here's this warning that God gives us. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourself. So we should be given a, there should be an evaluation of who our life is and who we're not to be as well as who we are. Be honest in that evaluation. Measuring yourself by the faith God has given you, which means the gift that God has given you. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. And one more passage I want to give before I begin to try to break this down for us. John 8, verse 55. And Jesus has just been, uh, just been compared to someone who's demon-possessed. Because what happened is that Jesus literally delivered, and they said, well, the only reason he can do that is because he's filled with the devil himself. And so what happens many times is when we, because 
we're all struggling in our walk with God, and we're all struggling with why is that something happening in that person's life and not mine? Why is what's going on in their marriage, and why is it not happening in my marriage, or why is it going on with their kids, or why are my kids acting in this way, or why why is this you know why is my workshop doing it this way? Why don't they recognize what's going on? And let me just share with you: you have to grow in knowing who God is, so that God can show you and reveal to you who you are. And many, if, if I look back, and I can have a lot to look back at now, I can see where God was resistant to bring me to the place he wanted to be. He wanted me in that place, but because I was literally trying to get there and platform my own life to get there on my own. Even with the gift that he gave me, I was trying to platform and work so diligently getting there on my own strength or my own gifting that he gave me, God would be resistant of the grace to empower me in it. And so it was at that time where I began to know who God was in my life. And then as I became to know who God was, here's the thing that's so important is the Bible says that knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. Your love for God and your understanding of God will work so much humility on the inside of your life. You'll recognize that, you know what, I am nothing without who he is in my life, without the understanding of what God is doing in my life. And so when some great thing happens, you don't talk about, yeah, I did this, I did that. No, when you have the knowledge of God, you say, man, this is what God did through my life. This is what God did in my marriage. This is what God did in my finances. This is what God did with my kids. This is what God did. You're looking at, you recognize who God is because that's who you're seeking. And you, and because of who you're seeking, you have a resonance. I love the song again, Pastor Dunning. You are here. Every time we sing that song, I don't look at you're here you're here. He's here in my life. And I, and I literally, you'll see me. If, watch it. I'll do it. I, you are here. Because I recognize the understanding that his presence is in here first in my life. His presence is here. And if I don't feel his presence here, I look here first. John 8, verse 55. Jesus being literally compared to being someone who's demon-possessed. And Jesus looks at them, he says, you don't even know him. You don't know God. If I said otherwise, I would be a great liar as you, but I know him and obey him. Now, I'm gonna teach you two Greek words, gnosko, and it doesn't matter if you even can pronounce it or can even grab hold of it, but what really matters is there's two separate Greek words that we can get, and it's referenced in this passage. Oda, and I'm going to spell it because I'm probably pronouncing it terribly, O-I-D-A, okay? This is where many of us in this world, Oda means this, I have a finality of understanding of something. I know, and God, and Jesus says, I know God. And then he looks at those who are accusing him as, you don't know him. And gnosko means this, that even what I, that means God gives us this gnosko. In fact, this is the word in 2 Peter chapter 1 that we're learning today. Add to your faith virtue, and then to virtue you add knowledge. Gnosko, which means an ongoing, progressive understanding of who God is. Mean this, when you have oda, which means you could get so full of pride. In fact, we don't know that knowledge puffs up, but love, but it says love edifies. So gnosko means how could you ever get prideful because even what you know, you know there's so much to, more to know. I'm going to say it again. Gnosko means this. Even what you know of God, you know there's so much more to know of God. 
And even in that category, for instance, watch this. I can sit there and see, I know God in marriage, but there's so much more to know about God in marriage. I know God when it comes down to being a provider, but there's so much more to know about God in provision. I know God as a healer. I've experienced him as a healer, but yet there's so much more to know about God as a healer. I know God as a restorer, but there's so much more to know about God as a restorer. And you know what? And when you have the knowledge of God, gnosko means you're, you're pre- he's present in understanding. You have pressed into a space where it's not of this world. You have pressed into a space that's, that is his kingdom. And I, you know, and I, I've given this, in fact, my son is, is, is here with us worshiping now with us in this uh, house of worship. But a few years ago, we were um, in California together looking for a church that he could spend time with. He's in the Navy, looking for a space where he could worship God when mom and dad aren't around. And I remember, you know, it was so important for my wife and I because we realized that in a house of worship, this is a place where you get to know God. That's, that's why we offer an altar here. And did you notice that even in the children's ministry, we have an altar now so these children can know God. And so my job, my place is to, to equip you, to help you, but also to prepare a place for you can know God. There's not some kind of, you know, there's not some kind of magic of all, because you sit in this auditorium today because that's all it really is, is an auditorium, or it can be a place of worship for you. Is it an auditorium, or is it a place of worship? Because if you know God, then you'll understand it can be a place of worship for you. Amen? And it needs to be that space. It needs to be in that place where you understand Gnosko, which means that I want to know him even more. I want to know him in worship. I want to know him in praise. I want to know my healer. And I remember that place in California where all of a sudden we're in a church and I knew that I could not be in the, I could not be present in front of my son, Nick. I could not take the time. I wanted to have that time. I wanted to be a father. And I was longing and thinking, man, he's got so much, he's got so much around him that's leading him in the wrong way. And I was scared. I mean, if I was to be honest, I was scared of what could happen. I was fearful. We know that fear is not of God. We know that there's nothing good that can happen in fear. But it was still real in my life. And so I thought if I could just lead him into a space where he could have his own time with God, and I'll never forget it, because it was my wife and I, we're in this church, and you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm in this church presence of God, and I, hear, I feel his presence, I feel his worship, it was a wonderful church, and all of a sudden God goes, I got this. And I'll never, I knew God as a parent in that place. I had sought God to be, you know, to be a leader for Nick. But all of a sudden, in that very moment, I go, God, you really are his parent. It wasn't just something that was written in the Bible. It wasn't just something that somebody else told me that God is, yeah, of course, he's their parent. I had an experience. I had a knowledge. I had a presence of God of understanding that gave me so much strength that if somebody would say, man, you know what your son's doing? It wouldn't have mattered because God said, he's got this. And when God made that promise to me, the Bible says that's what you're supposed to do. These are precious promises. No matter what was going on in his life, he's got this. 
And I could lean into God. And that's what God's talking about here. So many people are not pressing into his promises. They're not pressing into his, his presence. They're not pressing in. We're just having a, we're having a knowledge of God, but not in God. This is not religious exercise. This is a space of his worship that we can get caught in and be changed in. So, Gnosko and Oda, which means this, and I, I, how many have ever met where people go to church and spend all their time and somehow they, they make this church like they got some seniority? <laughs> you know, they, it's almost like they got, oh, I've been in church for 35 years. And, and you know, and, you know I, basically all of a sudden because you've been in church for 35 years, you're, you're smarter than, than the person that has only been here for a year. So the person who's only been here for a year needs to stop and stop talking and stop seeking and stop. Just follow the one that's been here for 35 years. This isn't of the world. God can fill you with knowledge in the space of one moment. And you have a, a presence of anointing inside of your life. And that's what happened, see, the religious people of that day. And I want to come against the religiosity even in this house. Because the religion people of that day were all of a sudden Jesus came in the presence. And they were like, who is he? Who's educated him? Who's been his mentor? He hasn't had the, he, and he's just this young man now. What gives him a right to have such great anointing? And why is all these things happening in the space of what he says? What's given him this power? And so they begin to accuse, become accusatory. Man, I've had some of those same experiences. In such a passion I've had for God, and a hunger I've had for God, and yet I've had so many times in the path of that thing, people going over there and becoming accusatory, all because you want more of God in life. And instead of people going over there affirming you in Jesus, all they did is compare themselves and try to take you down a notch. I pray to God that you just get on fire for God. And I pray that, the, that there's not religious people that surround you and try to take the, you down and throw water on your fire. I pray that you get so consumed with the presence of who God is in your life and that you seek Gnosko and say, I want more of you, God. And realize that what's going on in your marital difficulties is because you need more of God. What's going on in your finances because you need more of God. What's going on in this health and what's going on with COVID and everything else, we need more of God. God is enough. He's always been enough. Gnosko. Adding knowledge of who God is to your faith. Are you doing that? Are you seeking to know him more? God, I want to know you in this space of my life. Number two, God tells us that this knowledge has a beginning which is found in the fear of God. Which means this, any way that you want to grow in God and become more knowledge than God, I'll read this. Proverbs 1 7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Are you trying to, to tell me what you do, already know about God is? Are you seeking to know more of who God is? Proverbs 9 10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom again, and the knowledge of the holy understanding. Jeremiah 9 23 and 24 says this. Don't let the wise brag of their wisdom. Don't let heroes brag of their exploits. Don't let the rich brag of their riches. If you brag, brag of this and this only, that you understand and know me. 
I'm God, and I act in loyal love. I do what's right and set things right and fair and delight in those who do the same things. These are my trademarks. Beautifully, beautifully inspired by God. 1 Corinthians 1, 25-31. Human wisdom is so tiny, so impotent, next to the seemingly absurdity of God. Human strength can't begin to compete with God's weakness. Take a good look, friends, at who you were when you got called into this life. I don't see many of the brightest and the best among you. Not many influential, not many from high society families. Isn't it obvious that God deliberately chose people, men and women, that, that the culture overlooks and exploits and abuses? Chose those nobodies to expose the hollow pretensions of the somebodies. That make it quite clear. None of you can get by with the blowing of your own horn before God. Everything that we have, right thinking and right living, a clean slate and a fresh start, comes from God by way of Jesus Christ. That's why we have the saying, if you're going to blow your horn, blow the trumpet of God. Number three, how do you know you have this knowledge? How do you experience and say, Pastor, I, I feel like I'm coming into that. I don't, I'm not sure if I, I... I love how the passage in Philippians 3 gives us... You know, it just explains it. Philippians 3.8. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else. I counted all as garbage so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through the faith in Christ. For God's ways of making us right with himself depends on faith. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that no one, no way or another, I will experience the resurrection. So that one way, I'm sorry, or another, I will experience the resurrection from the dead. So the beginning of it is fear of God. Not the fear of man, but the fear of God, which means I revere you, God. God, you, you know, I, I, I have a picture of how, how I want my marriage to be, and I have these desires inside of me, and and, and I, I want her to, uh, to love me more, and I want to, to have us this, this uh, harmony in our relationship, and I'm speaking to somebody's marriage right now, and, and I, yet, yet God, I, I have my own way about it, but Lord, I surrender it. Your way is better, and your thoughts, and, and God, I don't want to trip up and, and present my, my gift, and present my righteousness, and present my, my right to have what I right to have. I want to, I want your knowledge, God. I trust your next step. I can't tell you how many times God has humbled me in this space. I'll never forget the, the experience I had with my oldest daughter. When there was the, when there was a space of exp time in our life where there was, there was so much frustration. She, I just felt like she was never listening to anything I had said and she was causing havoc and we had seven kids. There's just, just, just a lot of uh, chaos. 
And I thought, you know, this would be a place where I need to affirm my position as a leader and, and as, as the father, and, and I need to strengthen it. And, even, and she, had to, uh, she had a different, you know, her, she was an um, adoptive daughter, and so she had a biological father, and there was these comparisons, and I was getting angry on the inside and feeling insecure and, and inside, and I thought, I'm just going to affirm this. And so I, you know what, what I did is I, you know what, I saw God. I said, God, and you know what? I didn't even seek God until I had the worst, foolish experience. You know, isn't it amazing? Sometimes we don't even seek God. We don't even look at God until we have the worst experience. And I remember on the way to school, and, I, and she made me so angry that morning, I grabbed her backpack, and I chucked it as far as I could. And she looked at me, and I said, go get it. And I'll never forget, after the end, I dropped her off the bus, and I said, God, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? He says, because you're, act, you're acting like a human father and not a heavenly father. And I just broke in my car. I said, God, I want to know you. I want to know the heavenly father picture. I want to understand what does it look like in this chaos, what to do. What does it do? And then that same day, God has, because I believe that I had presented my heart in a space, God intersected my life with a man that came into my, into my afternoon who had literally been yanked out of the bed because he was a, a child that he was the, the basically the, um, the state was taking all the children because there was problems in the homestead. They were ripping him up and he's calling, mommy, 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 don't let him take me. He literally was ripped from the bed out of his family structure. And I'm sitting there listening to the story. God's giving me the knowledge. He goes, that's what your daughter went through. And you're so hard on her. And all you see is the law. And all you see is how she's answering you. You're not feeling her pain. The father's heart is to feel her pain. Then help her understand. I, I never would have been in that place had God not prepared my heart into that broken place for her. Body of Christ, knowing God's ways are so different. And this is what this Gnosko is talking about. That's what it's teasing. Seek God and the understanding of who he is. And God knows how to bring the banished ones home. Number four, how do you get to this knowledge? Proverbs 2, 1 through 6. My son, if you accept my words, store up my commands within you. Turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understand and if you call out the insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as a silver and, and search for it like hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and to find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth comes knowledge and help and understanding. 1 Corinthians 2 says this way from the Holy Spirit. But as it is written, I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed unto us by his Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, yea, even the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man, save the Spirit of man which is in him. Even so, the things of God knows no man but the Spirit of God. God knew exactly how to get to my daughter. He knew exactly how to get to me, and he knew exactly how to make that right intersection. Number five, the knowledge of God, who God is will bring the acknowledgement of who God is. Now, I want to share with you, like my, I said, my passion is to be a worshiper. Now, follow this train. Where do we get the word knowledge? Where do we get the word acknowledge from? 
We get the word acknowledge from the word knowledge. And so how can you worship God? Because, see, to truly worship God, is, it comes to a place of acknowledgement. If you're going to worship God as a healer, then you have knowledge of God as a healer. You have a space of understanding of who God is as a healer. You've experienced him, and you've pressed in to that space. You are here, and I worship you as a healer. That's acknowledgement, which leads to a space of worship. He's bigger. He's greater. Your understanding is enlightened in that space. Now, what happens so many times is, as we don't realize, there's a passage in Hosea, which happens to be one of my favorite passages. And it's kind of uh, spun in a negative sense, so I want you to spin it in the positive one. It's spun in this, and it says this way. In fact, I believe I have it in my notes. Yes, I do. Hosea 5, verse 15. God says, I will go away and return to my place. What is his place? His throne. Until they acknowledge their offense and bear their guilt and seek my face. In their distress, they will earnestly seek me, saying, this is what God is saying to us in closing. This is exactly what happened with my daughter. I was in that place of going, I'm dad. And because I'm dad, I have my rights. And she should obey me. And she should follow me. She should see the, the leadership in me. She should honor me. That's what the Bible says. She should honor me. And I've done everything inside of me that I know how to do, God. And she should just do, 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 do all these lines out. All that can be true. But inside of her is this brokenness that's not allowing her to even be open to see the truth. And I'm not even, I am not preparing a place so that she could acknowledge who God is and who I am in her life. And God says, until you acknowledge me, he is daddy, not me. He's got a plan for her heart not me he's got an intersection and a course for her path and i am a steward of that space of those intersections and i was getting in the way of it not getting in the path that he had of it god says there's paths of righteousness and i wasn't in that path i was in that path to adopt her but all of a sudden now i'm in the adoption now i'm in the way of that path and what I love about this is, if, until you acknowledge, I said, God, I came to that space, of, oh, I'm sorry, why am I like this? I am a sinner. You are a sinner. Which means you have a nature on the inside that you don't even know of that's resistant to the plan of God, that's resistant to the love of God, that's resistant to the being the parent of God, It's resistant to everything that God is. The Bible says this human nature is resistant to his heavenly nature. And until I get in that place, I get, God, I want your nature in my life. I am sorry for all of the fallacies. And many times what happens is you sit in this church or any church or as you read your Bible, what's really sad, instead of becoming grown in the knowledge of God, many times all of a sudden what grows in us is pride. Look what I know. Look what I've accomplished. Instead of saying, God, I can't do this. I can't do this with my son in California. I can't do this 
with my, my daughter who's, she's already had, and I remember hearing the stats that says, a child's already had their life formed by the time they're five. God, I adopted her. She's 13. I can't do this. I don't know how to do this. I've had, I've got 13 years. I've had no experience with her. And God says, I can do all things who strengtheneth me. Is my knowledge of what the humans and what culture is going on? Or is my knowledge of what God says? In one moment, God enters my car. He's here and he goes, because you're acting like the human father and not a heavenly father. I got the, and that night, after I had experience with that afternoon, I just wept in my office. I said, I'm so sorry, God, that I have not felt her pain. And God spoke to me and he says, I want you to position yourself lower. Let her stand and you sit on the floor and let her position herself in a place so that she doesn't feel like she's underneath you anymore. She needs to realize that her love and her mistakes are not going to be judged. They, it needs to be embraced. Now, I don't know what God's going to tell you, but that's what God told me. And I sat on that floor, and I watched her tears, and I watched my tears, and God connected us. We had never had that space. Never had that space. And so when you see me at this altar, I'm rarely praying for me. Almost every time I'm praying, God, help me lead the elders. God, help me with my marriage. God, help me with my kids or my grandkids. And I know, I'm, I'm, God, I have the fear of the Lord. I realize I will do this wrong. I will mess this up. I need you so much in this space. And if you haven't read anything, you read the Bible and you see so many men and women that mess it up. But yet God gives us a way through. Gnosko. Growing in the knowledge of God. Are you growing in that? Can you do it like Romans 12 where it looks at it says, do you have a fair assessment of your life? Are you literally looking at your life and evaluating and saying, Pastor Ron, I'm not growing. God, I'm, I'm not growing. Well, then get in that moment today at this altar, right by your chair. Don't leave when the service is over. Canasco this moment. Get in the space of God. I want to grow in you. I want to know you. Or will you just grip on to some thread of this world? It will leave you high and dry. Jesus is the pathway. Would you please bow your heads, close your eyes? Lord, I'm so thankful, Lord, that we can press in to so much more. God, I'm convicted in this moment that there's so much more of you, so much more of, Lord God, what you long to do in and through my life, in and through their life. We can have this divine nature. God, there can be things that are just supernatural 
spaces of intersection where we could have that place we would just brag and brag and brag on you look what you did you got this inside of our lives God I'm so grateful for those moments I pray for more of them God I pray that my life would be in that Lord in a in a space of humility to seek it not to come and look at others who need it everybody needs it but to measure myself amongst myself and say well look how far you've come and somehow that means all of a sudden I'm okay God your word says just the opposite Gnosko which means whatever place I have been there's more there's so much more to know to know who you are God Paul writes it so clearly in Philippians he says I just want to know you God here's a man that wrote two-thirds of the New Testament and he's writing I want to know you more how much more should we be in that space of our heart God forgive me God forgive us for those places of hardness where we're just going through the motion religion just begins to get added into our our mental uh, degree of who we are instead of our heart just aching longing for more of you if you're here this morning with your eyes shut and your heads bowed if you're in this space I got two altar moments one if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior if you're unsure of where you'd spend eternity we are going to take a moment and pray together and you can know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you're on your way to heaven that you're a child of the living God and that God is going to begin to work inside of your life even as you humble yourself in this moment there's many more moments to come or two are you here and you just been oda which means you've just had some finality of thought of knowledge of God and today you come to an understanding there's so much more again you're convicted of that passion to 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 allow yourself more into God's plan more of who he is in your life act on it don't take this moment and resist it grieve it don't worry about what the person next to you is reacting to take this moment in worship time together and seek him the Bible says seek him let's all pray together this prayer of confession Say, Father God, in Jesus' name, I give myself to you. I receive your forgiveness. I receive your love. Lord Jesus, I want to grow in the knowledge of you. Here I am. I surrender. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand up and worship our King together. If you liked this message, we want you to share it. Subscribe to more podcasts through mylifechangechurch.tv. Get involved. Ask for prayer. Share your story. Go to mylifechangechurch.tv. I'm Karma Adams, producer. We'll see you next week.